Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles, your favorite daily Florida State Seminoles podcast. I'm your host, Max, and next to me, I've got Andre Silva. And tonight is not about us. Tonight is all about you. We're going to be reading YouTube comments. We're going to be responding, and we are going to be feeding the trolls. That's right. We will be joined virtually via text by Dupree and me, Hundo. I call him Dupree and me because uh, his name's Dupree, but I'm living rent-free in his head. He likes to comment on every video, so we'll have some I know you don't like it, but that makes me laugh. So everything's a movie reference with Max. If you guys are here for the first time, we are two Florida State alumni. Spent a collective 11 years in Tallahassee. Massive Florida State fans. We've been covering the team for over a year and a half now. Together, that's three years of coverage bringing you a little bit extra to get a little bit smarter about Florida State every single day. Drake, roll that video and let's get to some questions, dude. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, so folks, we appreciate all the engagement we've been getting from YouTube. We love coming to you in this video environment. But if you are one of the OGs on the podcast, make sure you rate, make sure you review, and make sure that you are following. Five stars and a follow, that's all we ask. So we can pop to the top of your queue five days a week, Monday through Friday. We are your favorite daily Florida State podcast slash YouTube show. If you're on YouTube, hit the bell So you get alerts, make sure you're subscribed and like the individual video. And if you want to be on our next comments episode, comment down below. Squeaky wheel gets the grease, folks, to uh, the guy, I forget your name, but keeps telling us Mike's got us, says, what's up, guys? We appreciate the positivity. We appreciate the love. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Cool, Drake. What do we got first? What do the people want to know? Yeah, shout out Mike Myrick with the positivity. Go knows hashtag Mike got us. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Let's actually go... I kind of like, it's not a question, but it's more of a statement. It is in the win, too. It's honestly Norvell must have promised JT he won't bring in a QB to compete. There's no reason why we haven't reached out to at least one of the QBs that entered the portal. And if we want to, if we wait till spring to pick up a QB, more than likely they won't be able to get the full grasp of the playbook and limit their chances of starting. Hopefully Norvell has a plan because he's on the clock. I chose that one because one, it's the last comment that we got before the show started. And also, too, there are several comments below that actually discuss kind of how the QB, QB portal, no one's coming in to become a backup. So I kind of wanted to know what's your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I saw it all over the comments. And it, it, it folks, that's why you got to watch five days a week. I mean, that's something we've said. I, I even said when we did our, well, when I did a portal breakdown, I don't hold it against Mike Norvell that he didn't get a transfer quarterback. I wish he'd gotten one. But I'm not holding it against him actively because – why would you transfer to be a backup? Typically, you're transferring because you're a backup. So I totally get that. That being said, I think that that's why it's the perfect time to grab someone. Sorry, that's why after spring is the perfect time to grab someone because they will be much more copacetic with being a backup if they haven't been here all spring learning the playbook. They'll understand there's a learning curve. You might get a younger kid. Look, the last class, 2020, well, the last class before this one, sorry, 2021, they uh they didn't even get to do official visits before they committed to school. So you have this rare opportunity where I think you'll have a lot of kids and not to mention a highly active coaching carousel. You're going to have kids that aren't bad apples transferring, not just because they want to be an immediate starter, but just because 
they went to the wrong school or they went to the right place and then the coach left them. So I think after spring, you're going to see a couple opportunities, but I do think the coaching staff can be selective here. Like I, I think they've, they've earned that right because you do have a solid starter in JT and maybe AJ Duffy after spring, they'll think, Hey, he's, he's a capable backup if JT gets hurt. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of where we differ kind of like to a certain extent, primarily because I mean, for, if you're going to get a, get a transfer QB as a backup, most QBs as I think several people, I think what's his name, T mill kind of, you know, kind of posted in the comment section that most transfer QBs when they go in the portal are looking for starting jobs. That kind of goes to your point, like one spring, you know, kind of go, you know, everything falls away. You kind of realize that, you know, whether you're a starter or not, if you're going to try to get a backup QB out of the portal, typically you're right. It's going to be a younger kid. Basically who has three to four years of eligibility left, especially with the COVID year, the, the, the waiver that everyone got last year. But primarily I was in the camp that I think you need someone to be competitive to come in actually probably at the beginning of winter of, of spring semester, basically go after a Casey, a Casey Thompson, the Texas QB, maybe a Jordan Delara, the former Washington state QB. Like those are two QBs that, had a year, maybe two left, and could have pushed for that spot. I think this is a team that, with a solid, capable QB that's fully healthy the entire year, because that's the one knock on JT, is he can't stay healthy. Yep. So I kind of want to bring someone in that's competitive, but also is near the, I guess, college power five level ready, which you definitely will get in the portal this come this time around. It's just, it's such a weird push-pull, right? If you get someone, it's like, okay, follow me here. In project management, we have a simple thing. It's called the triangle, right? You have the scope of work, you have the cost, and you have the time it's going to take. If you want to adjust one, you have to adjust the other two. two. Yeah. So if you want to get a kid that's more college, more power five college ready, he's less willing to be a backup, right? And if you want to get a kid that's more willing to be a backup, no, that, that's what I mean. Kid. So I'm with you. I, I, yeah, I no, that's, that's what, that's what I mean though. Uh, I think you, I think you go after someone with the intention of they can actually be your starter. That's kind of where I was going for. Yeah, I mean, I want to make point one and point one A, right? Jordan Travis transferred here to be a backup because being a backup is better than being a fourth string. So there's kids out there who I don't want to say I know more about football coaching than your average um, NCAA coach, but politics always plays a role in it. You got to make sure your first string is your best quarterback unless you're Kirby Smart. You got to make sure your second string is probably your most capable backup. But that delta between second, third, and fourth string really is not as large as people may think. So there may be a kid that feels like he's getting buried on the death chart, isn't getting the looks he wants at the end of his spring ball and goes, Hey, second strings better than fourth. I'm gonna go to Florida state. I don't know. I hope it does. I think we're both on the same page though. You need someone else in that room. And again, don't say I'm attacking the coaching staff or saying that they should go wave a magic wand and get a kid. I'm just saying the reality is that this team needs another quarterback if you want them to win more than five or six games next year because Jordan Travis will miss substantial time in two to four games. He does it every year, whether it's the whole game like he did two years ago or it's like Florida where he misses three or four critical drives and you lose the game because of the mistakes made by the backup quarterbacks. I don't think this is an eight-win team without a capable backup and I don't know what A.J. Duffy is and I know that Tate Rodemaker is not a good quarterback and he's basically just a warm body to catch the snap at this point. Yeah. And also people forget that like Jordan Travis plays a very aggressive, very fun style of play where he's, you know, going for the extra yard, putting his body on the line. He doesn't have the frame as, as we've shown to see kind of to withstand that even though this past year, he kind of learned that sometimes you have to play through the pain. And for some of those games we saw against Syracuse against other ones as well, like he definitely is able to do that to a certain extent, but 
it's also people forget that the offensive line also causes this injuries because the offensive line was so banged up and so hurt and forced them to rush out the pocket. So that's kind of why I was, you know, championing you go out and grab someone with a similar skill set that wants to start. And if they start, you know, perfectly fine. Danny to the two kids I mentioned, Casey Thompson and Jane Delora were both kids with two or three years left of eligibility. They basically would have been Chubb Purdy if Chubb Purdy had stayed here. So that was kind of my thinking of it. But if we're being honest here, I would love to grab, you know, like I'm not like, like you know, pie in the sky kind of dream, JT Daniels. But obviously that comes with his other concerns too as well. And also I'm not going to be out here saying, you know, putting kids' names out there that might not be attainable because of our win-loss record too. So It's not just our win-loss record. The reality is you're not going to get a quarterback that can't run and does not want to run for his life. That's you yeah. don't have the offensive line to do it. I love the guys in the trenches. I do. And let me address one more thing. We're rebranding here, guys. We are not the fan focus because apparently that gets twisted to mean you should we should just be Captain Optimism all the time. We're just being real with you. Like we're telling you what you already know. And I know it hurts to hear the truth sometimes. It's a little painful. You know, it's like when that girl in high school told you that she'd rather date the baseball player than you. It sucks. I get it. But that's what we're here for. You're not going to get a five-star, four-star type prospect to come play behind this offensive line. It's just not going to happen. And that's where you are. Your best bet is getting a kid. Like, think about what you have to beat here. Let's look at the 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 weighted average cost of capital that you have to hurdle to get a net positive here. Like, you just have to beat Tate Rodemaker. That's not that hard. Like, I'm not asking them to go get JT Daniel. I'm asking them to get me someone that is more likely to throw either an incompletion or a completion to our team than to throw it to the other team. That's literally, that. that's the freaking hurdle right there is like, just someone that doesn't completely suck ass. I'm, I'm not asking for miracles here. But I like this conversation. I think we will probably continue it throughout the offseason. We will need a lot of visibility on the roster, though, if we're going to give you the best information and the best analysis of it. And if you need the best information and the best analysis, that was actually a good one, of your business, well, you need NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite will give you everything you need to grow all in one place. 93% of the over 28,000 businesses already using NetSuite have said they increased their visibility and their control after upgrading to NetSuite. And they are going to make you a deal right now with a special financing program to get you locked in for the new year so your business can go to heights it has never reached before in 2022 when you go to netsuite.com slash locked. That's netsuite.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer and the ability to unlock new potential from your business in 2022. All right, this is from Hendo. I think from the last episode that we had was me and Dave. Not mm-hmm. a question, but mainly there's not many questions. There are a lot of statements, though, that I think still very, very good conversation. Conversation starters, yeah. right. Yeah, guys, yeah. don't feel like you have to frame it in the form of a question. If you want to say a statement, you throw it out there, and we will catch it. We'll package it up, and we'll kick it right back to you. Hendo says, you take a running back because, let's let's be honest, nobody saw this coming with Ward, Treshawn Ward. That's our running back one next year, a former walk-on who wasn't expected to make any noise at FSU. So I kind of want to ask you, like, what's your opinion kind of on that? Like, because I know we discussed it on Monday. Dave and I briefly touched about it on Tuesday. Basically, so do you kind of agree that Trey Benson was a necessary pickup actually for the staff out of the portal? No, I, I said it yesterday uh, in text, and I'll, I'll say it on the show. 
I think he's the Brandon Moore of this of this transfer class. Um, I think he could be fine. I, I don't think he's necessarily going to be a. How do I phrase this? If we get down to a point where they have used all twenty five scholarships plus the seven extra transfer scholarships to use all thirty two plus they rotated guys out, but they're still at eighty five scholarships on the roster, meaning they cannot give out another scholarship. And I feel like they're missing out on a kid who would be an asset to the team and that they could go get, I will be frustrated by them giving him a scholarship. As of right now, doesn't really bother me. He could be great. He could just be a stable depth piece because we really don't know besides Trayshawn Ward what we have in that running back room. Now, yeah, I mean, that's that, that sums up my feelings, but I want to touch on something with Trayshawn Ward about a former walk-on because it's that's an absolutely fair label, but not a fair contextual categorization because this is Treshawn Ward who last year ran 81 times for 515 yards, a 6.4 yard average with a long of 65, 21 receptions for 185 yards. That's an average of 8.8 yards per reception. So I don't really give a if he started as a five-star or started as a walk-on, he has produced at Florida State and shown us that he can do it. And I'm looking for guys that can produce at Florida State. So I don't really... Yeah, great. He started as a walk-on. Okay. It's not like we're sitting here talking about, no offense to the guy, but Geno English, who we've heard reports, he's been a great quarterback at practice as a walk-on, but we've never seen it. We've, we've literally I mean, he's seen, better than Trey Taylor Rodmaker. I mean, he beat him in the spring game. Fair, fair. But I'm saying like, we, we've literally seen Trayshawn do it in live action. We know he can, we know he's good for at least probably five, 500, 800 yards next year. What we don't know is can he can he when he doesn't have Jayshon to wear people down? Uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, but yeah, I, I think this is probably the Brandon Moore from last. Like that's probably about the comp I've got for this take. It's one of those where. Let me ask you this. Let me let me flip it on you, Drake. If this kid graduated high school in 2020, so or 2021 maybe was it 2021 or 2020? I believe it's 2020. 2020. So he's only like two years older than this class of high school kids. If we were getting him out of high school, would it bother you? If he'd no. been in the recruit? Okay. No, because so, I, 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 I right. remember taking like as a, I wanted another running back out of the portal as a death piece. I think that we have a very good, solid stable of backs, but I do worry about, you know, durability concerns. Like, you know, being a running back is, is, is exhausting. I mean, come on. Like we saw that and we saw the Mike Norvell that takes like a, a stable core running backs. And also, I, the one deference I will give Mike, too, is that he has a very, very good eye for running backs all the way back to his Memphis days, whether it be a Kenneth Gamewell, an Antonio Gibson, or a Tony Pollard. And he was the one that was able to get Gershon Corbin back here, DJ Williams, who we all, I think three of us here on the show, actually have really high hopes for. And to me, just I think it's a, I think it's a good pickup. It's just more, I thought there were more pressing needs. That was more my concern. That's kind of what I was saying the past few days. Yeah, and, and last 30-second quick hit before we move on, because something Dave said jumped out at me last, yesterday in the show. I, I don't understand this narrative, and we all know that Dave's a nut job, of like, DJ Williams has been a bust. I just think Trayshawn Ward was so much better than they expected last year that DJ couldn't find a spot on the roster. I fully expect DJ Williams to contribute now that Sean Corbin is gone and Trayshawn's going to be elevated to RB1. I don't think with DJ Williams last year it was a performance issue. I think it was just you had two guys that were better than him at what he does, and then... You had Toa Philly and Ja'Kai Douglas as the scatbacks, and there just wasn't really a lot of reason to put him into the games. In fact, we saw him play in the games where it was we were winning pretty confidently. So I actually do still have high hopes for him this year. I don't I haven't changed that at all about him. 
But guys, no, I, I can agree with that. If you've got high hopes for the weekend and for players on NFL Sunday, well, you need to go make an account so you can bet on their mm. results and you can make yourself a little bit of cash. And where should you make an account? There's so many sites, Max. Which one? Which one specifically do you use? It's betonline.ag. You can go to betonline.ag and you can make an account using promo code LOCKED ON and they will give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So if you think that the Titans are going to get absolutely stomped this weekend by Joe Burrow and the fighting pride of Cincinnati, well, go put $150 in your brand new betonline.ag account using promo code locked on, and they will give you $75. You can throw $225 on the Bengals, and you can make yourself a cool two and a quarter to go out to the bar that night. Do it now. Thank me later. Betonline.ag, promo code locked on. All right, folks, we're going to take one more question for tonight. Tomorrow, I guess, as you're listening to this. And then we will be back tomorrow with some more listener questions for you. Or maybe Monday, because we might have a little surprise for you later in the week. But you'll have to check in tomorrow or tune in tomorrow to check it out. Drizzy, what do you got for me for the third and final conversation starter tonight? So this goes back to Wasted on Monday, where that we were like five plays from basically being an eight-win team. Uh, JH commented, also could have been a 10-loss team, too. Had the close wins versus Syracuse. Boston College and Miami think six to seven wins 2022. He's not sold on the transfer portal distance aside from Verse and Wright. Jared Verse, defensive end from Albany. Winston Wright Jr., the wide receiver from West Virginia. Yep. Billy Napier and Kelly have brought in better transfers. And before I, and then there's one more little reply below that. William Green, which I think we should touch on a little bit more. Amen. Real concerned about where we are headed while UF and Miami load up on top tier talent. So I kind of want to ask, how do you feel about FSU actually going into next year, and like, what do you think the state of Florida you know, football-wise is headed where it comes to UF, UCF not kind of making some noise, and also Miami? Yeah, so the grass is always greener on the other side, folks. They they would tell you the same thing down there that we're telling you up here. You know, Miami has now whiffed on an offensive coordinator for a month straight because Kendall, um, not Kendall Bryles, it's who just turned him down, because um, Papa Cristobal decided that he is – going to build out an offensive staff and then try to sell a coordinator on coming in with the whole staff already picked. Now, if you remember when we got Kendall Bryles, the big sticking point was he wanted his offensive line coach to come with him. Every offensive coordinator has at least one, if not two or three of those, right? Like that's why would you take a, an offensive coordinator is basically the senior vice president of offensive operations. Why would you take that big and important of a role if you didn't get to make any of the personnel decisions of who would be working for you? Really dumb down there. They also have basically a mutiny on their hands because you can go Google the stories, but the way that there were some some speculations on how Cristobal's massive salary was paid for this, causing some uproar within the university. Their recruiting class was ranked, what, like 53rd, I think, in the nation? 35th. 35th, okay, whatever. My, oh, sorry, Florida's was 51st. And I'll touch on that. Billy Napier probably looks i i don't even know where you're getting that he he's brought in better transfers we're the number two ranked transfer class in the country like i don't i i don't i don't disagree by the way that we were a couple plays away from being a 10 loss team other than if you ever watch sports when you barely lose a game you almost won it and when you barely win a game you easily won it except for some bullshit like that's how that's how fandom works dude come on 
but I don't, I just, it, to me, I don't know, Drake, that, that to me, I don't, I don't agree with your statement. I don't, I would not categorize it as he's bringing in better transfers than us. No, I no, think, not yours. Oh, I'm saying the, oh, the commoner, oh, 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 the commoner. Oh, oh, it, it's oh. just not a correct statement. It, we have a better transfer class than Billy Napier has brought in. I think Florida has more talented athletes currently on the roster. And I think their roster is better than ours. And I don't think we beat them this year yet. But I do think that you compete with them. I don't think it's a blowout by any means. And I think that the the tables should be pretty level in 2023. And that's when we're really going to see who's going to dominate Florida. I think this is another year of recalibration. Here's what I think happens. I think between us, Florida, Miami, you see some fluky stuff. And the record really won't matter that much. What will matter is that this is a year of just scrambling. And it's going to come down to December. Who gets the best recruiting classes? And then I think 2023, you're going to start to see a divide of who's for real and who's going to get their spot taken by UCF. So watch the games this year. Enjoy it. Drink two, 12, 14 beers, whatever. Uh, hope we beat Miami. Hope we beat Florida. But 2023 is really what I'm putting a pen in of like, where do we stand in the landscape of Florida college football? Yeah, I mean, I think 2022 is the, kind of that year. I think you're basically, as we've said before, we gave Mike the year zero. And now I think it's really funny and really cute that everyone's going from year two to year three, kind of when they're kind of, grading them out but with the miami thing like, i mean i told you that earlier today we're like you never ever basically put your horses before the, before the carriage basically the only car thing the horse car before the horse thank you so basically the i think the only person i think that on that staff that, that cristobal should have hired you know on his own was alex Bell, his offensive line coach who we've been coaching with for the past 30 years and he's also a damn good offensive line coach but you're right i would not hire if i'm an oc i would not go somewhere where i don't have people that are basically are going to be developing my wide receivers my qbs my linemen, my running backs, and that's all contingent on how my job performs at all, period. And then also, I do commend him for going after Jason Candle for the heck for his OC from Toledo. But I mean, come on, are you, would you turn down, would you take an OC job when you're head coach somewhere else at a place that basically you're being paid well already? And then with Billy Napier, too, I mean, the transfer portal thing, I get what he's saying. He's referring to all the Louisiana players transferring from Louisiana to him which kind of is the opposite of what Mike said. Mike was like, I'm not going to go after any of my former Memphis players when he came to FSU, and it kind of bit him in the ass, and that's kind of where I also have a problem with, but I'm more concerned about Billy Napier's off-field staff where he basically he's being funded a kind of the Alabama-esque larger support staff, and that more that worries me. And then with UCF, I mean, it's Gus Malzahn. We'll see what they do. I know they're more ready. They're more, uh, like, what's the word? They're more serious about football, especially with their FOF and their football and their training facility. But we'll see. But I wouldn't be surprised if UCF probably makes it from a, a big three to a core four. That's kind of my personal opinion on that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad wearing your McKenzie Milton shirt, you, you snuck in a, a little UCF. You brought up UCF and then you expanded. I didn't say anything about UCF because to me. Because well, you, you hate the school. Ah, that's true. Um, but, you know, whatever. Hey, UCF, you guys are cool with me. Folks, I'm glad we got to answer some questions. I'm looking forward to answering more. Again, if you're on YouTube, all you got to do is go below, boom, comment. We will get to you, or we will at least get to another question that expresses a similar sentiment. And then you can explain to us why your question was different and there was some nuance, and we'll probably respond to that. So thanks for checking us out. I'm Max. That was Drake. And this was Locked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody. And Chris, I'll try to slow down a lot more often. Thanks for the heads up. <laughs>